Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jace and our sponsors today, the Belleville Meat Market, Texan Roofing, CCA Star Tournament, Boyd's One Stop, and Mainstream Marketing. All right, weather right now down on the island in Galveston. It's 80 degrees down there, even after all the storms last night. And uh, today they're calling for plenty of sunshine, high of 86. Winds will be south-southwest at 15 to 25 miles per hour. And in for tonight, mostly clear, low around 80. South-south winds, 10 to 20. And in for tomorrow, pretty much the same. Some clouds in the morning, they'll give way to sunny skies for the afternoon with a high of 86. Winds south at 10 to 20 miles per hour. So uh, we're setting up for a warm week. High temperatures, you know, upper 90s. Looks like every day, goodness, be cooler on the coast, but inland, it's going to be quite warm. Tides for today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions, and we have three of them. We have a low at 5.01 a.m. It's an 0.4. Then we have a high at 12.08 p.m., a 1.2, and then a low at 7.09 p.m., an 0.5. 6.19 a.m. is sunrise, 8.19 p.m. sunset, and our moon phase is 30 nine percent looking at current conditions right now offshore seas are about three feet with a period of four seconds winds are southeast 18 to 20 barometric pressure is quite low at 29.77 inches and falling and air temp 81 water temp 83 inshore it's uh everything went non-available all of a sudden it was uh just earlier i was looking at all the Wind directions, it was kind of south-southwest. Some, some up north were southeast, but uh, for the most part, 15 to about uh, 22 miles per hour. So a little breezy inshore to start the morning off also. So that's kind of kind of where we're at. We've uh, been fortunate all summer long so far, early summer. Winds have been down, but uh, now we're going to have to contend with that for the next week or so. All right, let's go over to the Tri-Bay area. Let's check in with a hammer this morning, Captain Glenn Hammond. Glenn, good morning. What's up? Hey, good morning, Captain Mickey. How's it going over there, buddy? Pretty good. Did you get any of those storms last night? We did. We've got a lot of lightning and wind, more than rain. Boy, have you uh, seen the likes of lightning this year? Man, these storms have had a lot, a lot of fire very, in them. Very active. Yes. Very active. Uh, 
we had uh, 36 mile an hour winds come through when that thing blew in here last I'll night. I guess it was around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I was still up, believe it or not. And, uh, yeah, me too, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, man, that house started rocking. I looked at my video and, uh, downstairs, everything was blowing around. I heard five gallon buckets shooting across the floor, <laughs> across the ground. But, um, it was, uh, anyway, we didn't get much rain out of it. Uh, it all went around us. But, uh, that was, that was a pretty good blow to come in here. We've had some weird fronts. I mean, coming from all directions our wind this morning is southwest uh it's showing 14 miles 12 to 14 miles an hour blowing 13 at the at the minute but uh man another crowded day down here yesterday is crazy yeah. uh you would think after a big old holiday that we had a weekend or two ago that that would uh uh kind of quieted it down but uh it didn't at all man yesterday was another packed day at the beach uh i get i kept getting telephone calls from people about uh, fish kills and uh what, what what's happening with all these dead fish on the beach it's, and it's all of shad coming out of the brazos river that's exactly what i told them i said man i said that's that's due to a lack of uh depletion of oxygen i said it's it's too much fresh water mixed with salt water the way it did or the way I said, it doesn't mean they were killed on our beach. I said, these fish were probably killed somewhere else, and that river brought them yeah, out they're coming there. out of the river, and they're coming out on the outgoing tide and spreading down mm -hmm. the, the beachfront. And boy, did they have I understand there's ever. other fish in there, too. I heard of some trout and, and other species oh, really? of fish mixed in with them. I guess there's so much bait oh. that the oxygen deprivation is unbelievable. I don't, I don't know, unless there was some kind of spill. Who knows, man? But it's been going on for about a week now, and yes. uh, you know I know we, you know for the last few weeks we've had plenty of rain and we have or plenty of runoff from the rains that we had prior to that, and uh, and, uh, and that's all I could think of is uh, uh, lack of oxygen with all that fresh water, and it just dumped in there or wherever they died. They the Gulf the uh, currents brought them around up on the beachfront. But well, anyway, it just. Uh... You know, it's kind of early in the year for that. I mean, it hadn't been that hot. It's actually been unseasonably cool for this time of year. And, you know, over this way where I'm at, we don't usually see those uh, shed kills till you know, around August, mid-August or so. Right. right. Well, uh, well, he showed me a video, and it was uh, – he walked up and down the beach, buddy, and there was a mini of shad. But oh, that's all I can see. I didn't see any mullet or trout or anything. Everything I've seen was – Luckily, everything I've seen was uh, was a uh, menhaden, mm -hmm. big old big old giant gizzard shad, whatever you call them. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, first of all, let's take just a minute to address uh, uh, our our waste with our line, our our clippings, our little yeah. pieces of monofilament and stuff. Twice in one week, last week, I I rescued two birds, and I ain't knocking any kind of string. It's just these two birds had braid on them. There was well, two it's different not the line. It's it's the uh, the the individuals, the fishermen that cause this. Yes, they, sir. They yes, don't sir. dispose their was, line it properly. Was, it just aggravates a living Hades out of me. Oh, I, I know it does. I know it does. I built me. Uh, I, I built me. I took a, a Folgers coffee coffee uh, plastic jug, 
and I slit the lid and I put it behind my, uh, be up on my console behind my depth finder. And uh, when I have a few pieces, I just reach up there and just stuff it down in that tin because if not, it ends up on the floor of the boat and then it ends up out on the driveway or whatever. But anyway, the water. Uh, I looked uh, and there was this dove that was underneath my truck. And it, I said, well, he's just in the shade. And it wasn't that. Uh, I started mowing the yard when I came back. Melinda, stop, stop, stop. I said, what's wrong? She goes, this barge got string around it. And uh, the, um, I eased up to it, and this dove tried to take off. Somehow or another, I got braid wrapped around the uh, axle and the uh, leaf springs of my uh, truck. And that bird had got into it. I would have drug it down the road. You know, I'd have never known yeah. about it if uh, Melinda wouldn't have said anything. So so I got that bird, and she helped me uh, get scissors and cut all that braid, braid off of its feet. I mean, it's got around one leg was so tight, the bottom part was right around the elbow, I guess. But uh, you could see that it had cut off the circulation of that leg, and uh, luckily it wasn't broke or nothing like that. I mean, it cut or anything. So anyway, we got that string off. About two days later, there's this uh, female grackle, and uh, it's it's running around here, and it's 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 squawking, it's baby, you know, it wants to be fed and everything. And, uh, you know, it hung around for a few days. And then one day I noticed it had a, it had braid around one of its legs, a bunch of braid, just a ball of it around one leg. Well, by the next day, it was around both legs. And this bird couldn't even walk and take steps. It was hopping. It was just hopping. And I said, man, I can't stand this. I got to do something. I had this old, I had a varmint, uh, an old varmint. Cage cra- uh, traps that somebody gave me, and uh, I set it on a picnic table, and and that bird it built a trust up for me somehow or another just in a few days. He wanted that string off of him. Man, I put that cage that that trap up on the cage. And I sprinkled some milo and corn, and uh and set it back in towards the back of the cage, and it was like clockwork. <laughs> that female grackle jumped up on that table. He went straight into that cage. And I had propped the door open with a stick because um, the mechanisms for all this old trap uh, were all kind of halfway broken and stuff. So I just rigged it up, put a stand under it, kind of like you did, you know, if you remember years and years yeah. ago, trap them in clothes baskets or whatever, just see or what a you can cardboard box. Yeah, so right. string on a stick. Box. They get under there to eat the food, pull the string. Captain pull the Mickey, string. I got it on videotape. <laughs> this bird went straight in that cage after that bird, and I trapped him. Got Melinda out there with the scissors, and we we got all that braid off of both legs. So we call her Lucy. She, we cut her Lucy. <laughs> we, yeah. Anyway, hey, look, we love our animals. We love our birds and, and all that stuff. And it's just we can all do better on our, our clippings and stuff like that. That that monofilament gets everywhere, and, and it just uh, up and down the highway, both sides of the beach, anywhere I go, man, I'm always picking up, putting People up. People don't care anymore, man. They they just they're about themselves. They have no idea what they're, you know, they're creating when they just throw that. They'll they'll strip all that off for real when they backlash and just throw it on the ground or throw it in the water and go on down the road, man. Just, it causes lots of problems. I'll tell you yeah. that with our wildlife and and everything else. Anything my back left hatch in my boat is a. I use it for a garbage can when I'm fishing. It's uh-huh. a live well, and I don't ever use a live well, and. 
that's where we throw all of our excess line, you know, and all the other trash yeah. accumulated during the day. Just there's no, it's so easy to do. I mean, take it, it the time. Is, yeah. We throw all our, you know, dead soft plastics in there that we use up mm-hmm. in the boat and all that, and just keep it out of the water, man. Shoot you! Everybody police simple. yourself. That's right. That's right. Police yourselves, and uh, well, just that. Just remember that stream just blows. I mean, little pieces of it, especially. But this was uh, this was uh, excessive amounts of braid that somebody had discarded. And uh, and then it wrapped all around them. Man, come on! I mean, I remember I, I, re- I rescued about five years ago. I rescued a, a great blue heron hanging from crab line around his beak, and he got it around the power power line a, a drop, or it's a service drop into a house. And I seen him hanging, and I went and I got a big old pole saw uh, saw, and I sawed him. I climbed up an extension ladder and got him off that. That power line, it wasn't a high voltage power line. It was a just a regular, uh, your drop to your house, your little 220 volt drop, you know, coming from the transformer down to the house. And that's that to kill you. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah, plenty. That's <laughs> kill you, Glenn. <laughs> but, oh, I know, I know. But I got that bird down and uh, took him to a rescue place. And about three weeks later, they brought him down here and released him on my birthday. And it was a, it was a great feeling to save a beautiful bird like that. I got one we call George. He comes here and eats, uh, uh, he eats any kind of a fish uh, bellies or whatever scraps that we have. Man, he just kind of he kind of got him a got him a spot. Man, he likes my new fish cleaning table. He gets up in the middle of the day in the heat of the sun. He knows what that shade's all about. He took over my fish cleaning table, so I uh, I plumbed it in yesterday. I got the electrical to do today. So I'm still working on it, buddy, but I'm going to have me a first-class fish cleaning facility anytime soon. But, Saving uh, that's birds about all and I- killing fish, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's do it. Come on down and get you some. But that's about all I got for you, buddy. Just uh, just a lot of bull corn. Yeah. Anyway. Well, maybe somebody will, uh, that, that's listening heard it about fishing land, and they'll do a yep. better job of Cleaning up we all themselves. I lost That's two right. lower units in one day due to fishing line years ago. Man, oh man, works um, its way up on that shaft, that prop shaft. There goes your seal. There goes everything. That's what happened. Lost and one, and I was coming in on the other, and lost it. And I said, "What is going on?" Got on, pulled the props off, and not pretty. That's about six thousand bucks. Just because some yahoo wanted to throw his fishing line in the water instead of disposing of it properly. Yeah, it's uh, we can we can all do better. We can all do better. Oh uh, yeah. 14, 14 miles an hour, buddy. It's hopping up to nineteen right now. So yeah, I'm seeing twenty at our north jetty and uh, seventeen down the west beach front. So that's sustained. That, so that pressure twenty nine seven eight. It's yeah. about him dropping and about as low as I've seen in a while. But uh, anyway, good luck to everybody. Hopefully, uh, y'all have good luck. If you're coming fishing in the area, all the bait camps look like they're holding some kind of bait or another if you're a bait right. fisherman. So you wouldn't, shouldn't have no problem with it. All right, buddy. Well, hey, throw out a number, Glenn. Yes, sir. 713-208-0683, buddy. Y'all have a happy, fun Sunday. And we'll See talk you, to you later. All right, yes, later. Sir. All right, that's the hammer down in the Tri-Bay area. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. It is 418 here in the Bayou City. You know, it was a good point. Glenn brought up about mono discarding it and braid line and all that into the water or on the land. And uh, I've seen some weird things over the years. You know how the old six-pack rings fish would swim through them and they'd get stuck on them and grow around them. Uh, I actually caught a fish on the North Ridge waiting trendy one year where they'd been building those new piers along that shoreline over there and they all run water out to them for their fish fish cleaning stations and you know how you'll cut off uh the ends of pvc when you're running it and joining it together and all that with couplings and somebody had uh thrown thrown that stuff in the water and a small trout i guess when he was really young swam through that and it looked like a dog collar around that fish it had swam and got its head through that piece of PVC just past his gills. And then as he grew, he just grew around it. And uh, I saw that on there, and I scraped the slime off of it, and you could tell it was white PVC. And it just uh, that fish survived all that time, maybe two years like that, because it was probably really small when it swam through that. And then it just, his body grew around it. it Made him really weird looking. He had a big fat body and just a little old pin head on him. His head couldn't develop. Pretty strange. All right. Let's head down to Freeport now. Let's check in with Captain Jeff Naylor this morning and see what he's up to. Jeff, good morning. How are you, man? What's up, Captain Mickey? How you doing what's, this morning? What's happening? Oh, not much, man. Listen to that great little story you just, just told, man. Yeah, yeah. I've uh We've seen we've seen some interesting uh, fish myself. I uh, you know I I fished a tournament, you know, years ago, and, and I, I was we were fishing redfish, and I was sticking like nine and ten pounders. I mean, I was just absolute studs. I was gonna win it, guaranteed. I just need to walk through the winter circle. That's all, you know. And some guy brought in a a uh, it was a bull red that had been had it spine broke at some point yeah probably had, hit by a prop probably 
and he had this ginormous head. I mean, it started like <laughs> and this little bit micro tail. It was probably about three inches wide. I said, God dang, it was like 15 pounds. I mean, it smoked me. It didn't even get close. It's Oh, uh, yeah. He was a stump. Anyway. Yeah, it shorted his length and growth, but his, his girth just went, you know, nuts. Yeah, next to nothing, man. So I got Monty with me this morning again. He's, uh, Monty, good off. morning, Mr. Carter. What's up? Not much. How's it going, man? Oh, it, it, it's going, brother. Well, it's been nice weather up till now. It's uh, seas are building offshore now. Yep, it's going to be a rough one. Yep. We were just actually talking about that, you know, the last day or so, how to how to determine the, the you know, when the forecast is too rough, you know, to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to quote you, money. I got to quote you. He said, if the weather ain't named, we're going. I was like, ooh, buddy. <laughs> if the weather ain't what? If the weather ain't named, we're going. Now, there you go. If you don't have a name on it, we're heading out. That's what we used to do at the party boats. Sounds like the deadliest catch. <laughs> yeah. I love that show. That was a good show. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, when do you... We need more you, fishing movies. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You know, speaking of shark, completely off the subject, but Sharky tried to uh, reach out to uh, um, Discovery Channel. I think that they, they, they entertained the idea for a little while, but I think their determination was that he wasn't... Uh, I don't know, controversial enough, or it wasn't, you know, that that uh, dramatic or something like that. But, uh, well, they sure do need to come back and do something over here. Oh, we got plenty of fishing shows. I'm talking about movies about, you know, the hazards of being a uh, boat captain and, you know, fishing all those years and, you know, the experience through it and maybe come up with a real good plot. Yeah. Where the the crew makes it back in instead of dying at the end, like deadliest catch. Yeah, I hate to see those guys go down, but hey, they they went for it. They they had the catch of a lifetime, and they wanted to get back to the scales. Everybody was fixing to get rich. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, that's you know that's the game you play. Plays a little game of chicken when when you talk about weather and stuff like that. I mean, you know. I think a lot of people, you know, they get a little bit determined and, and uh, you know, unfortunately when they uh, book a trip a month out or something like that, you know, they're, you know, everybody's getting off and they feel a lot of pressure to go out there and go go do something and, you know, take the family because everybody's off and all that. And really, I mean, you know, picking and choosing could be well worth your money as well as your yeah. time. So, uh I mean, take take today and tomorrow, for instance. I mean, it's it's humming. It's going to be three and four footers. It's going to be really windy. It's going to be pretty wet. It, it is. It's safe, but uh, you know, it's going to be rough. It's going to be bouncy. Yeah, it's like a four be- second period between waves. It's kind of yeah. choppy. Yeah, let's go get them. <laughs> <laughs> Damn the torpedoes, baby! Full speed ahead, huh? <laughs> Yeah, slow boat it out. That's it. Take your time when it put the wings on it. You know, another thing we were talking about, too, is uh, how to determine. A lot of people, uh, some of the listeners last week called me and asked me how to determine uh, the size of fish, you know, just by looking at them. 
especially the the one guy that called last week was talking about a lane, and uh, and then I had another person this week, actually one of my customers, asking about how to determine the size of a kingfish. You know, the weight of it. You know, mm-hmm. by size. Man, kingfish to me is it, it's tough. I mean, and a, yeah. and a good friend of mine, John Thomas, he's an FKA fisherman and uh, been for a long time. And I asked him that same question this week, and he said, "Man, the only way I." The, uh, you know, visually tell is if I'm, I've been running tournaments and I've weighed several 40s, several 50s, and I, I've looked at them and stared at them for long enough. He said, then I can get close. But, I mean, we had one We had one a couple of weeks. We had one 44-pounder and one that uh, was a 37. And I tell you, you put them side by side, and aside from one being a little bit longer, a little fatter, I mean, it was like they got identical fish, you know. Right. And, uh, one was seven pounds heavier, so uh, I think well, the other day when y'all come in, I said the shorter fish looked like it weighed more than the longer fish because he was fat. Yeah. Right? I can't remember how that ended up playing out. I think the longer fish did weigh more, but probably. yeah. But anyways, the you know Bill Platt apparently uh, he he had used the judgment if he could put his finger from uh, or his hand around the tail. And the, and the tip of his finger and his thumb touch, it's at yep. least a 45-pounder, mid-40s. Right. So. Yeah, man, Sharky been, weighed one in the other day. I think it was 45. Yeah. Yeah, he did, man. Sharky's been on him. Man, that guy's been, he's been hitting on all cylinders. He got a, a sailfish last week, got a 45-pound kingfish, a 71-pound uh, ling, right? I think it was right. 71. Yeah. Yeah, buddy, he's been he's been tearing it up over there incredibly well, you know, which is good, you know. Uh, I know over there, the fishing over there in, in you know, Galveston way has been kind of tough, you know, the last couple of years. So, I mean, it's good to have a little, <laughs> a little breathing room, I'm sure. Yeah, you know? these kingfish <laughs> made a comeback from last year, hadn't they? They seem to be in certain areas, yeah, coming around, definitely. Yeah, you know? I mean, they... I had a guy uh, send me a text the other day and showed me a picture. Everybody on the Freeport jetties was catching kingfish on the jetties. I heard that. I heard that. You know, and me, I, we we haven't even – I fished a little bit inshore. Hadn't done really stellar. But, you know, to fish inshore, too, you got to kind of – you got to be up early. You got to hit them up early. And, mm-hmm. You know, they always bite all day long. But, uh, yeah. I did. As a matter of fact, I went yesterday. When I went yesterday, we caught three, and it was uh, man. It took us about an hour and a half to get those. But it was late in the day too, so well, it took right. them lots of jacks. Yeah, still lots of jacks. Lots we had a couple of jacks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot about jacks. A lot of. Did you see that uh, that fish kill that uh, was over here on Quintana Beach? Yeah, coming out of the Brazos River there, coming out of the mouth and and uh, sliding down the beach and washing up everywhere. It's that uh, I had a guy send me some videos. Plus, my son and his buddies went out of Freeport day before yesterday, I believe. Yeah, and uh, when they came in, they ran the beachfront looking for tarpon on the way back to Freeport, and they, he said it was nasty. Man, and dead shit everywhere. Oh, it was it was terrible, it was terrible. Which I thought I thought it was kind of strange too. When I when I left out on uh, see, days are mixing up right now. But one of the day, I think it was Saturday. 
or uh, Friday, I'm sorry, when we uh, when we hit the jetties, it was like matte to those things, and I never seen it. Where I, I look back in my prop wash, so yeah, prop wash solid, you know, midnight. It, it was crazy looking, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, and there's still well, smelling there. good down there this morning. Ooh, <laughs> that south wind that. blowing it back in on the beach. <laughs> Man, I mean, you know that good at work yesterday. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm staring at my juke. I said, that ain't my juke. That's the beach. I'm staring at my truck at that cast now. I guess that's how it had some bait or something like that. But you know, the thing about it is, you know, when it comes back in, I mean, you can still see them everywhere. I mean, it's not like it didn't hurt the population too much because, I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, they're still massive. They get so thick in these huge massive schools they just deplete all the oxygen out of the water man they just they're their own worst enemy yeah yeah but it's early in the year to be seeing that it really is usually i don't see it over this way shad kills till you know around mid-august yeah it's not that hot yeah i mean so the ones that y'all get over there are kind of similar situation or do y'all have a bacteria or something in the water that no that it's, it's just oxygen deprivation you know they just uh <laughs> suck all the oxygen out of the water they get so schooled up and thick at times and uh yeah it happens a lot in our back bays and then we got two rivers flowing into the bay system and back lakes and things like that when they get too thick they just they're their own worst enemy yeah. Mother nature. That's it. See, I think shad are kind of hard to keep alive anyway, really. They are. Too, they yeah, are they're shrink. a sensitive fish. They are, they really are. They're real sensitive. So does, does plog fish with them, does, you know, for, for tarpon and stuff like that? Or does he? They, uh, they used to. Back in the day, they used a lot of shad for tarpon fishing. But uh, now they use a lot of, like, coon pops, you know, jigs and stuff. Cash them yeah. out. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, the other topic, too, is snapper. How do you determine a big snapper? I personally, you know, that 29-pounder, holy cow. So your your uh, your biggest is a 34, right? 34-1, yeah. How did you determine, I mean, golly, a 34-pound bitch, when you've been staring at 15-pounders, ought to be like night and day. I mean, it was. You know. It was just a big old deformed-looking fish, really. A big old deformed-looking fish. It was. How do you yeah. determine <laughs> I Let me knock this break out, gentlemen, and I'll we'll come back and talk about that thirty-four pounder. All right. uh, plus, I've got a <laughs> couple of questions to ask you from listeners already texting, wanting to know something. Y'all hang with me; I'll be right back to you. Well, you know the Belleville Meat Market. What a great place to shop and have all your processing done. They do it all in an easy location, downtown Belleville. Look for the big white sign. Their processing facility and meat market are right next door to one another. And this week they're double featuring their pepper, bacon, pecan smoked sausage, and their dirty rice pecan smoked sausage. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available. And on special, fresh pork tenderloins, two packs for $1.99 a pound. You can smoke them, pan, sear medallions, or even create your own stuffing to uh, fill them. And they're now serving homemade hot dogs and pulled pork in their barbecue section. Custom processing on pigs and calves all year long. And you can actually order a half calf or a hind quarter and have it processed any way you like. And wild game processing, they're making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. Bring something home from your hunt 
the whole family can enjoy all year long. The Beltville Meat Market celebrating over 41 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 436 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go back and talk with Captain Jeff Naylor and Monty Carter, Carter this morning. All right, gentlemen, we're back. We were Yo. talking about that 34-pounder, how weird it looked. Yeah. It was, you said it was deep warm. Yeah, it was kind of odd-looking. Odd-looking. Odd the hair, no, it was just not shape right. It was crazy-looking snapper. Wow. And so and so he, he caught that, though. Uh, you know, he was telling me yesterday that the, the – uh, the, it was when they closed snapper season the first time yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it opened up on like April 21st, I believe. Yeah. And so that was the very first day. Yeah. I mean, when they closed it like that, you said it was just slab after slab. Snapper. When I opened it back up, I was catching like 18 to 20 pounds every drop. Every wow. drop. Passing them off to customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like nothing out of the ordinary, so I reeled it on up, man. Holy crap, look here. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I think, I think at the time the record was 36-1, and it was out of Freeport. Really? 36-1? It's not. That's when it was 36-1. I think it's about 38-2 or something now. Yeah. Out of Texas. I mean, that's ginormous. You know yeah. what? And we're talking about the record over there in Louisiana is like 50, and it get real close, 49, yeah, 50, 50, something like 50 that. 51, is big. And I, I remember reading an article not that long ago, uh, last year at some point, saying that the, the guy had caught like 150 and like a 45-pounder on a two-hook drop on the same same rig or something Good like that. Lord. Yeah. I can't imagine. You know, I mean – how I determine if if we got a twenty pounder is by you know normally they put they're pretty gnarly up you know if it if it comes up and it's, it's smoking a cigarette you know it's at least a twenty pounder yeah <laughs> <laughs> those gas bubbles and stuff coming out of them too it's like big uh, yeah they get a little bigger yeah but I mean the big ones generally have you know they're all gnarled up and you know and uh, Bonnie and I were talking about yesterday why you don't see as many you know and, and I think you were talking about yesterday that it, just all the small ones, they're, well, yeah. they're, they're having to compete with all those small young fish, you yeah. know. But, hell, they're all they're all gnarled up. They, they're yeah. fighters. You know they are. I just know. think there's so many 10-pounders out there that it's hard to do it. Yeah. True so like it used to be. Yeah. I mean, you got to finesse them. I give you that. I mean, to get a big 20-pounder, you, you know, single drop, you got to finesse them quite yeah. a bit. And every now and again, you get real lucky and – and one slips up, but 
I'll try to tell them customers on the boat, if you if, it, if they're in a big jerk, just let them eat your bait. Let them have it. Right, right on that big donut. Yeah. And roll up nothing. I'd rather roll up nothing than off a little scratch sniper. So you're thinking that the, the little snappers are going to bump on it for a little bit and the big one will there. I think it's yeah. going to be the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. I like Man. big bait. Big baits and slack. Big bait and slack. No, I mean, I always been a slack guy. I hit the bottom and just keep letting it out a little more. Yeah. I think they kind of root around down there. Yeah. But sometimes you catch them big ones out on the boat, too. It just depends on each spot, I think. Every, yeah, that, every day. That state record snapper was 38.75 pounds. Joey Beaver of Victoria caught it. There you go. And that was out of Elliot Docks. No, I don't think that one was. When it was 36-1, that was Elliot Docks. And that guy had actually called in sick, so he had a he had a story. He couldn't uh, had to go back to work and say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> what a <laughs> bad day! What a sad day, man!" Yeah, I don't I don't think the one down came off that list, stock, but thirty six it did. I mean, it was a flab, like you know, in all the pictures that I dug through on, from Elliot's old days, and I dug through a lot, even yeah. even the Mitchwood. I don't remember ever seeing one that was 30-something pounds. I mean, I feel like the 30-something 30, 30 pound fish sticks out. I mean, that's oh, like yeah. a 40-inch fish. I mean, you know, ginormous, yeah. old with two hands type of fish. You know what I mean? I just don't remember seeing any of those. A lot of, I mean, surely they were catching back in the day. Well, they had to. Yeah. Look at all the worst all they caught in German garlic after an 89 foot of water. Wow. They used a hand-line rope. Man, that's that snapper in Louisiana y'all were talking about. A guy named Doc, Captain Doc Kennedy, caught it in June of '96, fifty point twenty five pounds. Did you see the story? Toad. Does it does it talk about how he caught it on a two hook drop and all that? No, it uh, said he caught it in the South Timbalier Block one eighty five. Wow. Mm. So where did you catch that 34-pounder? You, you caught it at a dam? It's still there, but it's laid over. I think it's Brazos 125. Oh, really? Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's one of these 29s. Yeah. Like I was saying, uh, 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 my very first trip, I got one off. he could catch a flounder off. So I said, no, we don't fit the flounder on this boat. <laughs> that's when that stem was still standing yeah he goes out there and catches like a seven pound flounder I said yeah I ain't never gonna tell somebody they ain't gonna catch nothing <laughs> <laughs> on, on the party boat and it was right after I tell the guy you can't catch one people show up I wanna catch a blue marlin okay yeah you know Whatever. I seen a big blue marlin in Salvador. At first, I thought, man, that's a big old selfish. And I got thinking, that ain't no selfish. It's almost long as a boat. Yeah. Down one. Yeah. Stayed right there behind the boat for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm. We're going nuts trying to get something to get into each other. Man, they, they, they're not really determined. When, when they come up there swimming around like that, yeah. I, I feel like they're just trying to get out in some shade or something. Yeah. I mean, it up, man. I thought he was yeah. Here's a again. question for you, Jeff. Uh listener texted me, how far does Jeff have to go out to catch tilefish and how deep? You know, 
it that the spot that I usually go out of Freeport, I can start at about eighty five miles and go. I mean, as far as I want to go, I mean, the, the hilltops go for you know a hundred miles or something. Yeah. But uh, you know, I start out depth of water about nine hundred feet. I like the hills. Um, you know, traditionally that's what I normally fish. As it turned out, I think they're about everywhere. You know, but I was I was always taught when I first started that they're on the sides of hills, mm-hmm. and uh, start out one if the hill was at nine hundred feet and then went eighteen hundred, then that's what I fish. I fish the side of that hill. Drop offs just like we do inshore, just on a smaller scale. Bingo, exactly. Structure, you know, so structure, we- man. Yeah, and I tell you, uh, those those tilefish are real weird because some of the other fish like uh, uh, yellowhead uh, grouper and like some of those other snowies and stuff like that, you can, you can catch them out there too in the same depth of water. But you can generally see them on the on the sonar. You know, I can see a little fuzzy ball down there, something mm-hmm. like that. Them little tilefish, man, you can't hardly mark because they they make little burrows. You know, in the in the mud. Right. And uh, you can't hardly see them. If you if you focus, if if you're able to go real slow drift over every now and again, I can see a little dimple, you know. And I think that is a cowfish mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Out of Freeport's about eighty-five miles. Mm -hmm. First stop, which uh, you know we'll have. We haven't had one in a while. but yeah, just like Monty's talking about, man, we've we've stuck some monsters over here. I, as a matter of fact, they just broke the state record here recently. I think it was a thirty-eight pounder or something like that. It blew it away by like ten pounds or something. Dang. And we we have some giant topfish over here off the Texas coast. Yeah. I mean, some giants. You know, and that's so weird too because, uh, you know. Speaking of not looking at weather, I was I was telling Monty uh, or somebody yesterday, uh, you know, there's a few people that I know of that in in my life that I've I've talked to about weather and stuff like that, and they told me that they don't even look at weather when they go fishing. Well, one of them is is booby trap. Booby trap don't said what's the weather? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we, we, who cares? And we're going anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, they go out hurricanes. It don't matter. I mean, you know, dangerous. <laughs> and you know what? I've seen some pictures from their old days when I know they had some that were way over thirty pounds. I mean, they yeah. had some studs. You yeah. know, sometimes when it's a little rough, the fish get a little hungry. Sometimes, every now and again. Yeah. Not, not my. Uh, you know, I, you, huh? no, no, I, they can have it. You know, I don't really, uh, I don't hate them that much. Yeah. You know, not that bad. Yeah, we have, we've had some stellar days in rough weather. I give you that. Yeah. But I've had a lot of real crappy days and crappy weather too. You know, yeah. uh, it's uh, one thing to get beat up and catch a bunch of fish, and another to get beat up and not catch any fish. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> I just said yesterday, man, I got drift with nobody on the boat even come out when you go and we start fishing. <laughs> oh, Not one person. Uh oh. Who gets the fish good today? We're gonna be doing some fishing, boys. <laughs> what do you do at that point? You didn't just start. Yeah, hand it up and hand the rods. Oh, they're in their cabin. Yeah, yeah. The blue fanning went out of cabin. They wouldn't come out of cabin. Oh no! Just down there and catch your eleven. Of course, <laughs> you know, it seemed like they always start feeling better on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we're ready to fish now. No, your trip's over today. <laughs> you got to fish, and your trip's over. Yeah, you barfed your trip away. Yeah, it yeah. happens, man. Uh, a lot. How many, did you have more people get sick on the bluefin or on Lady Anna? Well, of course, by the Lady Anna, but it hauled more people. But really, just game <laughs> number. Yeah, I think so. Wow. You know, it's so weird how things go full circle. You know, so like we were talking about. So Matt Smith's dad used yeah. to be a uh, uh, a captain for Elliot's, and then Matt actually was either a deckhand or, deck or a captain or something like that, which was. That boat, the Bluefin, was owned by Captain Elliott, and originally he had went and bought it from South Carolina. And so now it came back to came back to Freeport. The boat went to Ned's, yeah. or went to actually it went down to Magorda first, then it came back to Ned's, and now Matt Smith owns it again. Yeah, Galveston. Yeah, made it made a complete circle. That's wild. I was that boat for about fourteen years. Twelve for Elliot, I think two for Ned. See, and I thought I thought that was I thought that was like your boat. I always, no. you know, what I mean, I thought that you were tied no. to it the whole time. I didn't realize that you even ran the like so right. later. Captain Casey, Biggie, everything. Oh. Yeah. And your favorite boat of all time, Bluefin. Bluefin, <laughs> holy cow! Well, I mean, I don't know what it was. But the first day I worked at Elliot, I also told the captain on that boat, I said, "Hey, you're running my boat." He like looked at me like I was retarded. <laughs> You know, I'm on the boat. <laughs> boat I ended up on. Really? Well, I want, just the size of group. Yeah. Maybe lots of good tips, you know. That's crazy. I started out on the Nancy end. Yeah. Six passenger boat with a single screw up thing. Oof. That was a workhorse. What? Oh, yeah. You come home every day black and covered in oil and grease. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm. Uh, something else. But that lady in it was like top notch, right? Yeah. I mean, y'all had Omni Sonar on it, the yeah, whole nine. They got the butter knife. The butter knife. They just ate them seeds up wet, but it just chopped right through them. They had a real, real sharp bow on it. Really? Yeah. That was a nice boat. I think that was the first bigger party boat that they had actually had, I think. Usually your smoothest riding boats are wet and your roughest riding boats are dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pick your poison. There's no perfect boat. <laughs> yeah. So I think that boat's way up in Boston, Massachusetts, or somewhere now. When Elliot sold it, they, it went to Louisiana, and they painted the whole boat just black. Yeah, black? Black. And anyway, so I had a friend that's from Boston. He works up there for a tug company. And they, his company ended up buying that boat, and it showed up up there. And he said, hey, man, I know that boat. And he said, no. Nah. He said, yeah, a buddy of mine used to run it in Freeport, Texas. And so they have that boat to this day. Really? Oh, man. What does it do? Is it a tender? Or? I don't know what it does up there, but they, his company owns it, and they own, they own some sort of tug business. Wow. We call that guy Boston Rob. Boston Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, his company ended up buying it. I think they gave like $600,000 for it. Quite a bit of money. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, that's a big boat, too. A 65-footer. A 65-footer. On 42 people. What What happened to the Captain Casey? Uh, oh, not for sure. Because you, I you, think it's over on the East Coast also. I think they're fishing for fluke or something with it, which is like a small flounder, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So what? In, in Shakespeare, what was the biggest boat that they? The biggie. The biggie. What? What happened to it? Is still diving down? I don't there? know. No. I think Mr. Stephenson sold it. Yeah. Well, he decked it out to be a, a dive boat. A commercial dive boat. A commercial he didn't submit no paperwork to the Coast Guard, and they did a little cutting on it here and there, and changed the whole boat. So they couldn't inspect it again. No. no. But it, well, it can't. Well, I'm sure it is now, but. Yeah. I that bet. was a Cadillac boat right there. Was it? What, in, in, uh, if you, if you have like a dive boat, like a commercial dive boat, does it have to be inspected? Does the vessel have to be inspected? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure it does. But the deal was he, he changed it a lot. And you're supposed to, supposed to submit drawings yeah. to the Coast Guard, and they approved them drawings. Yeah. Well, he didn't do that. Yeah. And we stood over uh, six months in a shipyard. I know he spent like a half million dollars for reconfiguring this boat. Anyway, they the, the we got divers on the boat, groceries on the boat. And we're leaving the next day. Coast Guard shows up on the boat and rips the steel out of my. Said, You're not going nowhere. Wow. I was actually lucky. I wasn't going down the river. I just don't have my license. Really? Oh yeah. So it's the end of this job. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys later. Yeah, so I pretty much rolled out the following day. Wow. It was weird, though, because the Coast Guard's in that shipyard almost every day. They sit there and watch us do all that work. And, you know, he'd done this boat three times before he got it right. Really? We had decompression chambers, compressors. What? He'd have a number on that boat. Put tires all the way around it. Tires. It was crazy. Wow. Took, like, a $5 million boat and just went at it. I think we had, like, eight dollars on the boat. Eighteen wheeler showed up, plumb full of groceries. Going to leave, won't be back for months. Wow! Oh yeah, I opened that binder and he just grabbed that thing and just ripped it out. There, there you go. Uh oh! Wow! But they knew. I guarantee they knew. They were in that. That listener text you, Monty wants to know. Ask Monty if he remembers the Texan. I do. But that was actually before my time, the Texan, the Bearcat. We had a lot of party boats go through that dock. Mm-hmm. Do remember that boat? Now, now, it's just worth noting, though, that not, not all the boats were actually owned by Elliot. Yeah. Some of them were owned by other people, and they leased, like, yeah. uh, the dock space and all that kind of stuff. From them. A lot of them were his, and eventually yeah. became his. Yeah. But, uh, uh, the Nancy Ann. The Nancy Ann, right, yeah. Good one. And the Texan, I think, is one because I remember him telling me that the Muchowitz has owned it still for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of the Texan, the, his story goes that uh, it wasn't a very good fishing boat. He had already he had some other fishing boats that were doing much better than that. Mm-hmm. And he decided one day that he was going to make a, a dolphin uh, tour boat out of it. He went and decked it out. He went and put a big old huge ramp on the front of it so he could beach it. And they could put the ramp down, and like people could walk down on the beach and stuff like that. I think it made it about four or five trips, and he said it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Uh, scrapped it all. <laughs> but we did do some cruises, you know. That yeah, was pretty cool. Go there in jetties and back. That was about the end of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, big, big thing here in Freeport was the christening of the fleet. You know, every yeah. year. I mean, that was like you know the big deal. And right. uh, I think we did that a lot during that that christening yeah. ceremony. Which now they don't do that anymore, right? I mean, uh, well, everything I mean, everything is, I think they call it the blessing of the fleet. Did they really? 
I don't know. You might be talking about where they come out with their champagne bottles and break yeah. it on the bow. Yeah. <laughs> if they do that on all the newer boats. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is like every year. So the shrimp boats oh. and all that would do like a parade. Yeah, that's like that. another fleet. Yeah. Now it's like the River Fest or something. But it used to be down here at the docks. And back when this, you know, this used to be like shrimping capital of the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd see them tied up eight deep down here. You can barely get through the river there. So many freaking <laughs> so, I, I don't know what happened or why they left. I, I, I heard that Wright Gore had a lot to do with it. But I don't know that. Yeah. Well, no, they don't come here no more. Very few. You know, and like poor shrimpers, I mean, they've been through a lot. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. And more recently, they just opened up a bunch of more imports from. Uh, Ven- uh, yeah. Venezuela or something like that. The guys were telling me on the on the uh, on the dock the other day that the price of shrimp to a shrimper is less than a dollar a pound right now. That's crazy. I mean, how can you know what a shame that we have? Yeah, such, just running them out of business, man. You know, isn't it? And uh, that's a that's a American grown, American well, made. We saw that it, happen inshore, you know, for the base rippers that uh, they pretty much ran them off with all the buyback program and everything else. I wish they were still dragging around out there, getting rid of all this bycatch in the bays. I mean, it. Uh, I I don't even want to go there. We don't have the time anyway. Well, I got to run, guys. I'm already out of time this morning. If somebody wants to get with you folks and. Come down to Freeport and go offshore and do some blue water fishing. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, get give me a call and come at nine seven nine four one seven ten thirteen or go to our website stsladventures dot com. Uh, Monty still got some Mondays and Tuesdays left. Man, this is a legend. You guys get out there and go fishing with him when you get a chance. I know I want to. I want to take a few Mondays off myself. So there you go, <laughs> uh, Monty's. Got a couple hours under his belt. I'll tell yeah, you yeah. that. <laughs> Salty captain. I'm telling oh, you. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, I appreciate y'all, and y'all have a good weekend. And uh, I'll talk to y'all next week. We'll see what we can come up with. Sounds like a plan, man. Have a great Sunday. Go brother. out there and catch a record this week. There you go. <laughs> rough seas. All right, man. See y'all later. All right. All right. That's the guys from Freeport. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this hour, but we're coming back right after the break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 